Why is Matt Cash apparently allowed to shoot from the corner of the box mm. whenever he wants? And this isn't where he scores from. I don't know where he scores Of course from. it's not where he scores from. <laughs> this is Paul McGrath. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it took. I was looking forward to a routine, incident-free podcast. <laughs> I thought we'd even do a short one, you know, tick a box for another minimum fuss disposal of Everton. Pace ourselves for the bigger picture, no point in going too hard for a League Cup third round. Turns out these useless footballers of ours were thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> and, and they got destroyed, they really did get destroyed. You have to say, if, if this was an Everton podcast... We'd be sitting here right now thinking what a masterful performance that was. You know, how Villa couldn't cope with our intensity. Their defenders were terrified, genuinely terrified of our pressing, of our away crowd. And we ruthlessly punished awful bits of play from them. And they didn't even get a sniff. They didn't even get a sniff. That's exactly what we would be saying. That's exactly what happened. Sean Dice's Everton ran riot at Villa Park tonight. Make no mistake about it. And let's be real. Let's be real for a second. It's not like we ripped our team up. Actually, the majority of the team stayed in place. You go through it. Okay, it's not a good start. Olsen's in instead of Martinez. <laughs> Let's put that one aside. But the 10 outfield players, the back four, stayed the same, except McGinn went to left back. And I didn't think he did badly. I thought he did well, actually, at left back. It was one of the things I enjoyed about tonight. Uh, when he got to enjoy it for, half, like, for the first half. Then Donker for Kamara. Dundonker supposed to be this, you know, astute signing. As proclaimed by me, I thought Dundonker is exactly what Aston Villa needed. Now, in fairness, Stephen Gerrard was in charge at the time. He was what we needed. We needed anything. Yuri Tillemans, instead of McGinn, who's still playing in the team, again, Tillemans, we thought he was going to be a brilliant signing. He certainly seemed to think he's a brilliant signing himself. And Bailey, instead of Zaniolo, I mean, take your pick, they've, they've both been playing all year. And, and Duran, instead of Watkins, these aren't wholesale changes it isn't like we, we put together a, a group of underage players or put some plucky third choice subs in there we made we made four or five changes and, and that was it that was like these are supposed to be a team this is supposed to be a club trying to compete on all fronts this year forget about it this is a blessing in disguise this is just one last game we have to worry about for the rest of the season we are not <laughs> Uh, I'm getting really sick of not winning the League Cup, though. I mean, it's gone on too long. <laughs> and I actually started the day nearly feeling sorry for Everton because, you know, they're a fucking shambles. But they were, <laughs> they were really, really trying there for a while as well. You know, spending a fortune on players, hiring exotic, forward-thinking, up-and-coming managers like Roberto Martinez, Ronald Koeman, Sam Allardyce, Marco Silva. <laughs> But then I realised that their last fucking five or six managers have been Inverness Caledonian Thistle manager, Duncan Ferguson, footballing legend, Ancelotti. Like, how the hell was that supposed to last? Liverpool legend, Benitez. I mean, how the hell was that supposed to last? <laughs> Duncan Ferguson, again, the man with a fucking 5% win ratio for Forest Green Rovers. Frank Lampard, the man with a fucking 5-point IQ. And now Sean Dyche. But apparently this is the club that can humiliate us and fucking knock us out of the one competition that we have a genuine chance of winning in England. Yeah. 
Man City got put out tonight as well there. It's not like they're going to be dominating this competition. Like the, 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 the chances there to win this. You win tonight. You beat Everton at home. We were crying out for a home draw in a cup. Just go beat Everton. He's beaten them. You've played them nine times since you got promoted. You've won seven. You've drawn two. Just go beat them again. And you go through to the last 16 of the League Cup that doesn't include Man City anymore. Just just go and do it. Go enjoy yourselves. But like, like from start to finish, maybe this is just going to be a midweek thing. I have to say it's not looking promising for any other midweek games you might encounter along the way. But, you know, start to finish, this was a disaster. There was a part in the first half where Douglas Louise played a ball to Cash. And Cash, like he played it in front of him, and Cash isn't going to it. And Bailey has to come back and get it. And you can see Dougie saying to him, why, why aren't you moving forward? And there was just a lot of that where boys weren't sure if they were being passed the ball. McGinn tried to pass it backwards one time, and he got blocked down. He, he, he got blocked by someone behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the one thing we were comfortable with was passing the ball backwards. <laughs> we end the first half like working it back to Robin Olsen. We got it back to your keeper, and then like the first half got blown up. Three minutes of injury time. We wasted it on us. We wa- we wasted the last ninety seconds as well. It was a uh, Kamara playing Beto through into our box. We were doing a lot, a lot tonight. And then I think it was Kamara playing a long ball forward to Pickford. Let him run another 30 seconds down. Matt Cash, ugly, heavy touch when the ball's breaking to him in the halfway line. We don't get the ball back. We foul McNeil down the corner. We don't have the ball for the last minute. Game over. Like just, just pathetic from start to finish. Imagine fouling Dwight McNeil. Like imagine feeling the need to foul Dwight McNeil. I mean, fuck me. Just take the ball off him and start the counter attack. Like it's <laughs> unbelievable. Like the you're right. The the passing was really, really sloppy. But there was absolutely no intensity. It's like they walked into that game having just beaten this team 4-0 a couple of weeks ago. You know, we had played with that same intensity. And how many times have I said before, if you go into a game of football off it, you never go on it again. You can't get that back until there's 10 minutes left and you're 2-0 down and the other team starts panicking. And you know why they start panicking? Not because they think Aston Villa might come back, because they're fucking shit. They've got so much to lose here. This is going to be the best result of their season. That's why they were panicking, and that's the fucking club that we couldn't beat tonight. Yeah, and and they really did panic even before the goal went in. The, they they were just starting to clear balls out for throw-ins, and it was like, what? What? Why have they just started this? Oh, day? sorry, sorry. Do you do you want Michael King to take the ball down and pass it into the centre <laughs> midfielder? Fucking grow up! But but they they didn't have to do this for the first seventy-five minutes. Like they. Their midfield were just dominating. Their midfield bullied us tonight. Like those, those boys look so strong, so imposing. We couldn't get round them. We, 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 we looked such a bad team. We look like Chelsea. <laughs> but I see this. This is the this is one of the reasons as well why why picking Leander and Donker was such a bad move because the the Everton midfield say what you want about the team like. Onana and Garner aren't that bad of footballers. You can't just drop Leander Dentonker into a team for his first start of the season, for his first start of the year, probably. Leander Dentonker was a panic buy by Steven Gerrard. Leander Dentonker was bought by somebody who can't think when his head was scrambled at the end of a fucking transfer window. That's the level Leander Dentonker's at, and we're fucking dropping him into a League Cup game in a game we're trying to win. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <sighs> uh, the first goal probably set us all up. I mean, just these up and unders from Robin Olsen. I mean, he was just doing that constantly in, in the first half an hour of that game. Couldn't clear the ball a few times. And it's just played in. And James Garner rifles it in at, at his near post, really. I, I, I don't I, I don't even want to clarify it by saying I'm, I'm, maybe I'm being too critical. I don't know if I am. I don't, I don't think a keeper should ever be happy if they're beating at the near post. It's a vicious strike. It's sat up in the half volley. Maybe don't need to look at it any more than that. But, I mean, Olsen sort of help the spread of panic start more quickly in this game right like the worrying thing here is that this was the third instance in this game and the 30th instance in his very short villa career that he's failed to kick the football like an adult yeah the the first one the first one he came out to the left and looked like he looked like he was sweeping up well but then he sliced the ball into the center circle and luckily Luckily to an Aston Villa player because the fucking assistant ref was in a better position to save any shot that might have come in from there. He just completely sliced the ball into the middle of the pitch. It's absolutely ridiculous. There was another one where I think it was John McGinn played the ball to his left foot and I thought his fucking left ventricle was going to burst. He panicked so much. It was <laughs> like he trickled the ball out to an Everton player at the edge of our box. And then that goal. I mean, Christ, oh my, what a bad connection with a football. This lad is six foot five and that's how hard he can kick a ball. Barely made it to the edge of the box and it went straight to a fucking Everton player. And then the donkey that we have in fucking centre midfield looks like he's pulling a cart of turf behind him with the energy he came out with. But he must have been pulling on a fucking joint before kickoff as well because where was he going? Like, yeah. well, what did he think he was doing there? What, what help did he think he was doing standing around there? He was like a dad just back from the office standing in his shirt and tie chatting to the lad building the fucking extension about kango drills. You're full <laughs> of no one. You're wasting everybody's time. Do your fucking own job. <laughs> and the second goal was worse. The second goal was worse. It was Yuri Tillemans could not believe that he emerged for the second half. Couldn't believe it. And anyway, he got a chance. He got given a lifeline. He got, he, he, he got called on his his whinging about not playing, it's like here you go. Let's, let's we're gonna we're gonna give you an extra was an extra thirty minutes, an extra thirty two minutes. Go out there and and show us what you're made of. And I mean, like, what does he 
what they put this down to? Does he want to put it down to technical ability? Does he want to put it down to mental ability? Or does he want to put it down to his physicality? Because how unfit, how, how unfit do you have to be that you're just trying to poke the ball backwards to anyone? Just poking the ball away, like just hoping it'll go to someone and not the Everton striker. And Calvert Lewin runs through, he just runs straight through from a Yuri Tillman's pass. And yeah, I mean, he puts it away. I was going to start talking about Olsen again, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one on one, in fairness. Yeah, like, and Tillemans makes her. That Tillemans fucking didn't make himself big. How the fuck could Yuri Tillemans make himself big? Robin Olsen did his best to make himself big, and the ball goes over his foot. Like, not much he did wrong there. There's plenty of other reasons we can slag off Robin Olsen. We can leave him alone for this one. But yeah, Yuri Tielemans has spent so much time navel gazing the last few weeks, he can't fucking see properly anymore. He's, he's like a child staring at the TV for too long. And sorry, maybe that's it. He's got a fucking TV where his belly should be. It's time for Tilly Toby. Uh-oh! <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> pathetic, pathetic performance. Absolutely topped off by this goal. Like he, he, he is absolutely diabolical. And he has been every time he's played for Aston Villa so far. And he plays the odd through ball. And then Aston Villa are beating teams who are shit. So nobody realizes just quite how bad this lad is on the ball. There's absolutely... No question about why Unai Emery hasn't been picking Yuri Tielemans for Aston Villa because he's not good enough at the minute. Yeah. Well, the only question, and I had it in the You Like Them, We Didn't Take a 90-minute penalty award, is why did Unai Emery leave Yuri Tielemans on? Because he was he was genuinely really bad in the first half. And, he, and, and it was sort of cool. Half-time, it's like, ah, look, we give you losers and all our chance. We give, you, we give you a chance last Thursday. You're getting you a chance again tonight. Forget about it. You know the, the big guns are coming on. Why did like when he was bringing Luca Dean on? Why did he not just move McGinn into midfield and take Tillemans off? Like, I assume he was thinking, oh well, McGinn could do the break, but they can all do the break. And like they're all, by the way, I still want to go through in the League Cup. So take him off and put McGinn in there. Like, he got forty-five minutes. He didn't do anything. He was bad. Take him off. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think there's probably there was probably a thinking in. And it's wrong, but it's probably thinking on the coaching staff side that Yuri Tielemans is a more inventive, more creative, more attacking footballer. And that's probably just all born out of the fact that John McGinn runs around using his arse as well. But Yuri Tielemans isn't offering anything in an attacking sense that John McGinn isn't offering. Absolutely, definitely not. He also can't carry the ball as well as John McGinn can. can. And maybe they thought because Everton were going to be sitting so deep that Tielemans' through balls would be useful. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing useful about your team and three balls. Yeah. I don't even have much heart to talk about the Villa goal, the deflected goal, Bubakar Kamara, the corner, it's it out, it hits it, and, and five Everton players are bounced together. Like they, why, again, there'll be plenty of other times to criticise Everton. <laughs> Tonight's not tonight, but I just thought that summed them up as well. There's just five jerseys all just packing the box, running out to the ball. Sometimes you can try too hard to keep a clean sheet. And I thought this was a good example of it because all it took was a tame enough shot into that pack of bodies and it goes into an empty net. You must have been fucking coaching Leander Dentonker, were you? You can try too hard to keep a clean sheet, Leander, <laughs> so you just amble out to the edge of your box there. Don't be, don't be trying to block that shot, pal. 
Like, you could have had two Jordan Pickfords in goal and they wouldn't have been able to save that spank from Kamara. And I really mean that because Jordan Pickford's absolutely useless. And <laughs> what can you say? Kamara's connected with the ball badly. It's connected off Michael Keane. Couldn't have happened to a nicer lad and went past Jordan Pickford. Couldn't have happened to a nicer lad. What a, what a goal. What a night. Out of the League Cup. <laughs> Leave it there. We'll go to WhatsApp, will I think the main fine for WhatsApp winges has to go to Pau Torres, who had a mostly uneventful evening, but, I mean, his pass to Kanza, trying to pass the ball to his centre-back partner, going out for a bloody throw-in at the other side of the pitch, and it's not like he was spraying the ball, he was just passing it 15 metres to Kanza, and again, that, like, that was just emblematic of all the passing, of all the body positions, of everybody just being confused, people on the ball, people off the ball, and, and by the time they engaged their brains, the ball was away from them. It was either going out of play or it was going back to an effort player or they were just getting pushed away. But, I mean, that, that summed it all up. And the only other fine I have, it's, it's, it's a new... We probably should have brought this in a long time ago when we, were, we had the John McGinn spirit fining for the John McGinn shot. But the Matt Cash shot, when Matt Cash takes that shot from my own, fine, automatically. Yeah, like it's a it's a bit of crack you announcing you're finding people on this podcast, but but sometimes I wonder, do you know that it's not real? Like you know, it, it's it's like the awards. You're not actually sending people Ashley Westwood statues, and not just because they'd be hard to find. Like, you're, you're not actually finding anybody. I want to know what the club is actually doing about this. Who is being held accountable for this? How is Matt Cash doing this two or three times every game? He's shooting from the corner of the box, Conor. I wouldn't let him have a penalty and he's shooting from the corner of the box. What is going on here? Why is this being allowed to happen every yeah. game? Who has told him he can do this? Has, has he got free reign? Is this like, you know, we're, we're indulging him like Real Madrid indulged Ronaldo because he was scoring 60 goals a season? Why is Matt Cash apparently allowed to shoot from the corner of the box yeah. whenever he wants? And this isn't where he scores from either. Where he scores of course, from. it's not where he scores from. <laughs> where, where, where he's, I'm saying where he scores from as if like he's doing he's doing scoring regularly. <laughs> the, the one game that he scored in in the last year that that's not where he scored from. That's not the the angle. That's not the play that that he got got in for a goal. And it's it's actually affecting his overall play now as well. Well, obviously, because he's just shooting every time he gets the ball. But And he's also <laughs> shooting, by the way, when there's always two or three people inside who are looking more and more pissed off. But they're not pissed off enough, obviously. Like, why is nobody grabbing him by the throat in the changing room? saying, what? The? If you do that one more time, I'm going to fucking punch you. I'm going to punch you if you do that one more time. <laughs> just so everybody knows. Like, cause the thing is, does anybody have a problem with that? Nobody will have a problem with it. And if they do, you and I, Emery, can sort it out because this is crazy. And what's happening now is he got inside Ashley Young at one stage there. And Young didn't even bother. Young didn't bother thinking, ah, oh, fuck it, he's done me inside. Because he knows, he knows Matt Cash wants to come back. And he knows Matt Cash wants to come back because, not because he wants to get on his right foot or not because he wants to cross it, because he wants to have a shot. So when Cash got inside Ashley Young towards his left foot, going in diagonally in the box, Young continued running down the side of the box, knowing that Cash would come back out. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Like it's going to have to come to the stage, or I assume it's going to happen next week, whenever it's, or at the weekend, whenever it's Duran or Watkins getting picked up front. And they're being told who's playing up front. And then Ollie, you're starting up front. So, who did you say was right back again? 
Matt Cash, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not playing with that wanker. Fuck that. <laughs> the first WhatsApp one. That's the worst thing I've ever seen on a football pitch. <laughs> we all know what it is. Or like, you know, sequence of events. We've we've got an award, and, and by the way, WhatsApp winges is tonight brought to you by the Peter Enkelman What the Fuck Award. We've got an award <laughs> named after Peter Enkelman playing against Birmingham City, failing to control a ball. Not only that, failing to control a ball from a throw-in. Not only that, failing to control so much that it goes into his own net. Like we've got an award named after that moment. And this was worse. This was worse. Matt Cash slide tackles Kanza. I'm not even sure who is most to blame here. Kanza runs into him, but I think Cash commits to the tackle as well. That they're they're both definitely culpable. I think Kanza slightly ages it in terms of where the fuck are you going? Charges into Matt Cash with the ball. Matt Cash takes it off him and sets up Everton in our own six yard box. <laughs> the ball somehow scrambles across to our left back John McGinn, who shins it. Shins it off the post. Shins it off the post. What the, what the hell just happened? Like that that really should have gone in. Can you imagine? Can you, and I know I'm happy now that we've got a bit of momentum by crying about the wet look jerseys that we have. But can you imagine if we if we weren't out in front there and, and this sort of shit was happening tonight? I would be having a field day with these boys. Oh, they've been crying about the type of jersey that they're wearing and this is what they're surfing. <laughs> No wonder they're fucking sweating that this is the way they're playing football. I'd be panicking as well. I'd be breaking out in cold sweats if I was this shit at the sport I'm getting paid a fortune at. And this, it all starts with Matt Cash trying to shoulder Dan Juma's shadow over the fucking line. And then and then Konza tries to play the ball through Cash because he's a fucking shadow of his former self on the ground. So Konza couldn't have possibly expected the ball to hit off him. And then John McGinn tries to volley it past the shadow we've got between our goalposts. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> the second WhatsApp wins already sort of alluded to it. Robin Olsen, the, the Gary Owens, uh, the, the, like, what the fuck is happening? I mean, nobody knows what a Gary Owens is in rugby is when you deliberately hit it up as high as you can <laughs> so you can receive the ball 10 metres further forward by the time it drops back down. This is what our goalkeeper is doing. This, this is what our, our second choice goalkeeper, we go from officially the best goalkeeper in the world to Robin Olsen. To, to officially the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League and, and like, this is the sort of stuff he's ever and again we talked about before it's repetitive but the gamble like do you remember Tony Zia gambled with Villa to trying to get them promoted almost fucked the club up like so much like so that it almost went into liquidation not even not even funny but I mean <laughs> the gamble that the leadership right now at this club have taken with Aston Villa and not buying a goalkeeper is 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 just as bad as what Tony Zia did. <laughs> well, Conlick, as we all know, you can't hold Tony Zia to account for the Chinese economic outlook of the Communist Party. Is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to Robin Olsen, no, I mean, like, it is a joke. It is. We called it out at the start of the year. It might have sounded like we were that we were being overzealous. People might have come to the conclusion that we don't like. Robin Olsen so you know they might be they might be suspecting that there's some sort of a a, a bias here at play every time we see him make a slight mistake we, we highlight it but we're able to highlight a mistake 
three or four times every game. That doesn't happen with a normal goalkeeper, Connor. Like his his kicking today was the big big problem. Like he, I've seen less slices at the Corona concession at Primavera. It was unbelievable. The ball was just thrown off his foot like fucking Courtney House's head. It was he didn't know what he was doing with the ball. He was an absolute shambles. And I actually would have preferred Courtney House to get down on all fours and fucking head the ball from the ground than have it played back in the Robin Olsen's feet. <laughs> The third WhatsApp wins. What was worse? Just after after the Everton goal, did Donker's touch from that kickoff or his touch in the box off his own knee and spilling loose in our box and it ends up being a pass back to Olsen that they don't they don't pick up on the referees? I mean the touch just from the kickoff, just just the heaviest. To just look like somebody who can't take a touch of the ball the way the way he passed it forward what do you and look like? what do you what do you mean look like? Like why, why are you coaching that and look why they he is somebody who cannot take a touch of the ball. <laughs> he passed it forward uh, tr- trying to control the ball between his feet, and then the second <laughs> attempt the second attempt to control the ball is in the box and he passes it off his own knee and the ball bobbles into the box and I was gonna say thankfully it goes towards Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually and, and people are going to think again that uh, that I'm showing some sort of confirmation bias here. That was actually the best thing that Robin Olsen's ever do- done was pick up that ball. <laughs> pick up that ball with all the assuredness of a man that knows it wasn't a back pass. It was incredible and I cannot believe he did it. I'm actually astounded that he didn't panic, didn't momentarily forget the rules and then just slice the ball out for a corner. That would have been more in keeping with his entire career at Aston Villa. The fact that he didn't do that, it makes it the best thing that he's ever done. And he would have been right to panic because you're a goalkeeper. The ball's getting bobbled back to you in that circumstance. And you have to you have to try and get the ball back out to your teammates. You'd be thinking, I don't want this ball. Who the fuck in this team am I supposed to give it to next if this is the fucking centre midfielder we've got tonight? I've got some more thoughts on that. We'll come back to it. The last WhatsApp wins. Tillemans pushed off the ball again, is it? <laughs> Honestly, honestly, imagine complaining about the lack of game time and then serving up that nonsense. That, that's a that's a joke. What happened out there? It is, and especially when you think that the thirty minutes that he had after half time, he was playing, he was playing with a really, really good team around him. He had absolutely no excuse for it. Think about the options he had every time he had the ball. He had Zaniola, he had Diaby, he had Watkins, he had Dougie. Like, you know, there was no excuse for this. There was no excuse for the way that he was playing. And it says everything about his performance that we threw on an 18-year-old to rescue the game rather than leaving a 26-year-old Belgian international on the pitch. All right, we're going to leave that there. We'll take a quick break. Come back with a few awards. Maybe not as much as normal, but we'll, we'll come back anyway. Stay with us. <laughs> What gets Sean Dyche out of bed in the morning? <laughs> like, how does he do it? Imagine how exciting a job that would be. Imagine coming home and saying to your partner, I got a new job! I'm a football manager! <laughs> and then going out and doing that with it? What a waste of time! <laughs> Steve Bruce is a greying pair of slazing your socks in the basket by the checkout that nobody wants. Okay, let's do the Rosenthal Award very quickly. 
we had a chance at the start of the game. Diaby's right-footed cross pass to Duran, just not enough on it. It was a great Bailey pass to Diaby to set him away. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, here we go. We're going to rip Everton apart because Leon Bailey's playing and Leon Bailey playing against Everton is almost (laughs) as effective as El Ghazi hitting a penalty. And Bailey did start really well as well. That's the shame. And he played that nice pass to set Diaby away and... Ah, Duran was on inside. I was like, that should have been it. That should have been the feel good, but his right foot of pass just ah, just undercooked it. Right. We really needed to have Bailey's right foot in that situation, didn't we? Ah, it, was, it was a really bad <laughs> ball because there's so much space there as well. I mean, if he, if he hits that too far in the other direction, Watkins can still get onto it, so he doesn't need to try to pull it back to keep it away from Jordan Pickford. He doesn't need to try and keep the ball away from Jordan Pickford ever. We should be trying to get the balls close to Jordan Pickford as often as possible, really. <laughs> There actually wasn't many chances, really. Like, Tillemans had a shot. No, Conan, I watched the fucking game. We were shite. It was one of the worst nights of my life. <laughs> Tillemans, uh, the ball broke to him from a corner. And actually, he should have done better because he had a shot that was blocked and then it was sort of sat up for him, Pickford out of position. He should have just drilled that at Pickford and at the goals and he hit it over. And Yeah, sorry, go on. So I was like, this was a corner routine. Like we 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 did this. we've done this before as well. It was a corner routine to create the space for Tielemans to have all eleven Everton players between him and the ball. That's like that's not a routine. You haven't shifted anybody in the way, and sure enough, Tielemans' shot gets blocked down immediately because there's so many fucking blue shirts between him and the ball, him and the nets. Yeah, Duran sliced one wide. Pau Torres played him through, and then probably our. Biggest chance, uh, or, or from from a shot anyway, was Diaby's right-footed shot that was saved by Pickford. I mean, like that, that was a nice bit of play. Watkins went the way down the left, got it inside. Tillemans played it to Diaby, and Diaby's right foot tight enough angle. Yeah, Pickford saves it. I mean, how uninspiring is this? Yeah, it was, the, it was the 54th minute as well, and it was the first, other than Leon Bailey's pass to Diaby, it was the first bit of decent football, first glimpse of any sort of quality. Watkins does really well to pull away, turns inside, probably gets a little bit unlucky, or probably gets a little bit lucky. I've seen so many times the defender just hits off his shins and then bobbles away for a throw-in. Zaniola moves it quickly again. Anytime we move the ball quickly, we look like we were going to rip through Everton. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. if we had a fucking move the ball quickly during a game of football against a team who are shit. What could have been? And then it's it's a decent pass from Tielemans. Not a great touch from Diaby. Goes too far wide and hits it pretty much straight up Pickford. He does well to get his foot through. Yeah, but Everton had the biggest chance that, that wasn't scored and it was Calvert-Loon. Did, did also make a save initially and like this is the sort of one now that the Villa... Social media account with a different crest to the crest that's on our our club uh, jersey. <laughs> um, they'll be tweeting out now this save to talk about how Olsen kept the score down against Everton at home, but it, it still <laughs> fell. It still fell to Calvert Lewin again, and he had basically an open net, and he, he hit it into the side. It was a really, really bad miss. Yeah, it was. I mean, like the this the, the save is really good initially. Like he's been watching the Emmy tapes, but it's that thing again. I mean. People need to send tweets into your Twitter account so that you know we can get general statistics in this. So everybody just pepper con and let them know if you after seeing this first save and then seeing Olsen clumber up to the fuck back to his feet. <laughs> did you have to type in Robin Olsen into Google to check what age he was? <laughs> because he didn't look 
like a man who should be playing football anymore. It was pathetic. Maybe, maybe he realized it was Dominic Calvert-Lewin <laughs> with a slightly tight angle and he didn't need the baller. He was just preparing himself to hit the goal kick. But Jesus Christ, that was worrying. <laughs> the you like them we didn't take a 90th minute penalty award I, I, I've got two nominations and the, the Tillemans last in 77 minutes thing is, is probably going to be the winner and it's mostly because I wonder did Unai Emery let that happen for 77 minutes because Tillemans cried and I don't like that I can see, I can see what you're saying. You know, what well, maybe your thoughts, right? We'll get to them as now further forward with a better team around them. But I, I, I don't like him pandering to a player, and I thought especially when he was so bad. And I could see maybe the thinking, like let's give him a full game to see what happens. But like he was just off it; he didn't deserve any longer. And I wasn't happy that they gave him an extra thirty-two minutes as well. And then the other nomination is. <laughs> Would you not just switch to Donker and Torres? <laughs> because, because we're not. Like, Torres didn't have to do anything defensively tonight. Then Donker wouldn't have had it. Like it's Calvert Lewin up front. You've already got Kanza there. That's it. That, that's all. That's in attack forever. <laughs> that's all they have up front. And like there were so many times where Donker was just turning around when we had Everton penned back. We were we were looking like we were going to move it quickly. And our centre midfielder, remember, this is Kamara who usually plays there. He was turning around and playing at their centre back. And then it was like, okay, maybe maybe he can now come forward and do something. If that had been switched around, it might have been a bit more effective. Yeah, I wonder as well, John McGinn was really bad against Chelsea. I wonder, are the physios telling Emery something about the fact that whether or not he can't, he can't do a full 90 minutes, he can't... He can't compete in centre midfield. I don't know. Like it, it was, it was really, really strange because Telemans was shite. He was really, really bad on the ball. I mean, you could, that was obviously compounded then by having Den Donker next to him. But it was never going to work. And maybe he thought, maybe he thought Telemans would have a right to complain here that the first fucking game I throw him into, I've given him Den Donker as a midfield partner. I can't, I can't stand over that. I can't yeah. stand over that as the evidence to prove that I was right all along. I have to give him yeah. 30 minutes to hang himself with Kamara and Dougie as his midfield partners. And he fucking took that rope, all right? And he rocked himself <laughs> off the chair pretty quickly as well. It was fucking pathetic. Then Donker's starting to send him. Then Donker, like... This, this isn't this can't fit into this category because it's one of the worst decisions that anybody has ever made as an Astrofoot manager. Leander and Donker is finished as a footballer. And if you want to be serious as a football club, you, you can't begin into a season with him as one as your backup defensive midfielder, and you can't fucking start him in games and competitions that we're trying to win. So you agree that then Donker should be centre back? no but I do agree with you on the Tillemans point because in fairness I did have that same thought only about John Duran so maybe I should just apply it to Tillemans as well where I was thinking that poor fucker like he he gets so little game time he comes on at the end of matches and then when he's starting he's starting with all these muppets around him and then he gets brought off at half time and and the better players come on and it's not the dunker in midfield now feeding him and it was like ah John Duran probably would have loved to have played you get been given a game up top with a full team behind him. Yeah, of course he would have. And normally, whenever that happens, he fucking scores as well. Yeah. But it was like 
we can we can pick we can pick individual players all we want, but it was the energy. They never went. The whole team just wasn't functioning. It was like we weren't expecting Everton to sit back, and we like it's like we hadn't prepared for that. It was like we hadn't prepared for how we were going to counteract that, how we were going to play through the lines. And this is the like whenever I saw the team initially, I thought I thought maybe we are playing a back three. Maybe John McGinn's going to be playing as left wing back. Maybe Dundalker's going to be playing as a centre half. He's just going to step out. And I was thinking Louise and Tielemans as a centre midfield two against an Everton team. You're going to be sitting in. That's probably not a bad bad idea. Actually, that's probably a grand game to rest Kamara for because because we're not going to need him to break up play because Everton are dreadful. <laughs> I was wrong, Conan. <laughs> well, we were also wrong about one man because the only nomination I have for the Tim Sherwood, we played two number 10s and bamboozled them award, was the free kick routine that Austin McPhee dreamed up. <laughs> Douglas Louise played to Watkins, dropped it off for Diaby. Now, in fairness, it's still leaving us with a 22-meter shot with Everton <laughs> players in between. But it did get us closer initially. I was like, what? Why are we being so elaborate with this stick? This is an awful position for a free kick. And in fairness, <laughs> we got a, a got a good effort with a good player from from a way better position from what is what must be the worst position to have a free kick, 40 yards out, right, bang in the centre. Yeah, you're saying 40 yards out as well. The commentator said it. Like, He's not going to shoot from here. He must be 40 yards out, showing all the special special awareness of Andrew Onana. It's like, fucking hell, that's not 40 yards out. I think 35 yards out. Douglas <laughs> Louise wants to shoot from there. Let him shoot. That's what I say. But the free kick, it, it, it is clever, but it's not a good effort from Diaby. I mean, it's it's so far away from the post that it's... That's, it's, Pickford has made a mess of it. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to worry about the Everton nutritionist because yet again Pickford makes a fucking meal of a fairly rudimentary save that's essentially <laughs> hit straight at him because it's bending back and towards him so much. <laughs> okay, let's go to the Vimin meter. A lot of people going down. Obviously, <laughs> I, I tell you, one person I have going down. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Is Musa Diaby? Um, just just like. I feel like his touch in the last three games has been heavy. There was he came on in Warsaw and Jacob Ramsey played him a lovely ball inside, right in the box. And if he has if his touch is decent, it doesn't even have to be really good touch. If his touch is decent, he can get a shot away, twelve yards out maybe, and he just touched it into the six yard box and lost the ball. And and then I remember a heavy touch v Palace as well, just because I remembered it's like that happened in the last game. When we, we had a chance and just a touch that the ball get away from him. And he's also now coming too deep when the other teams are deep, like like Everton. And maybe, maybe that's something the management needs to look at because if he's going to be playing up front, yeah, what's the point if, there, if there's nine players around him and we're, and we're all 40 yards out? Should he be now playing on the right-hand side or whatever? But he's just coming out to the right-back position. He's playing with cash and it's like... Ugh. You know, uh, he's, he's, he's been no use to us really out there. So I don't know. I, th- I feel like I'm keeping an eye on him going down. Like, bearing in mind, I was saying this boy could be the greatest player in the world. So I, I've got a high bar for him. <laughs> the reputation of the podcast is at stake here, Musa. Up your game. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we need a lot more from Musa Diaby in games like this. And we do need him to stay higher. We need him accepting the ball in tight areas. And we need him figuring it out from in there. We don't need him dropping back in. Well, maybe we do need him to take the ball off Matt Cash every once in a while. But that <laughs> that one against against Legia Warsaw as well was 
so frustrating because that was actually just a moment of, oh my God, Jacob Ramsey's back. I forgot how good he was at football yeah. because he does his thing so often, Jacob Ramsey, where he starts running towards the corner flag and you think the ball is stuck under his feet and you forget that he's actually both footed and he can play, he can just drill a ball across the box straight to his teammate with his left foot in the most awkward looking stance. And most of the average touch was dreadful. It was like he wasn't expecting him to do it either. Yeah. He hasn't forgotten that he can do it. He probably hasn't seen him do it before. And maybe I'm just trying to talk about Jacob Ramsey now because <laughs> tonight was so <laughs> depressing. <laughs> Jacob Ramsey, though, he can... It's it's like he sprints forward down the wing whilst his back is to the sideline the whole time. So he's always looking in. He's always square to the goals. He's always square to the options. And then, yeah, he can just pass at them with either foot to whatever option goes in any angle he's a oh he's a great player isn't he what a man what a man <laughs> going down Matt Cash he was uh, I know he's playing a lot of ball but like Jesus he, he's sort of a bit hot and cold at the minute do you know what the worst thing about tonight was it was Matt Cash's touch at the end of that game yeah so Jordan Pickford gives it the big ironic picking up the ball like well done Jordan like I'm sure the Everton fans love you for that they'd fucking love you a lot more if you were a decent goalkeeper I'd say <laughs> but then he does this and because he's such a plonker the next thing he does is he kicks it straight back to an Aston Villa player and Matt Cash isn't even within a fucking 15 yards of an Everton player it was dreadful from Jordan Pickford especially because he had just been such a plonker and he kicked it straight to Matt Cash and Matt Cash's touch is so heavy and it's obviously because every time he gets the ball he just fucking lashes it he's out of practice with actually taking a fucking touch of the ball and he gives it straight back to Everton and then and then the next minute of the game is gone because Everton played down the line and for some reason we decide to fucking foil Dwight McNeil yeah this is it like, this is it like, that, that, like, there were so many like, the, the whole game was annoying but the end of both games were particularly annoying like, the first half running our own time down and the second half just failing to get the ball under control. Like and like Pickford's ball out as well, yeah. It wasn't like he launched it into our right back spot. It landed around the halfway line. Matt Cash should be taking that touch and Villa should be away again now. Going forward, maybe cutting them open, maybe getting a set piece like he, you know, but he just can't take a touch of the ball. And yeah, uh, and it would have it would have been a really good counter-attack as well because the like genuinely the pass from Pickford is so bad that none of the Everton players were expecting it. They'd overloaded their right wing yeah. and he just kicks it to our right wing. It was madness. Going down, Yuri Telemans, obviously we talked loads about him, but I was gonna say he's done a lot of bad things tonight, but the late foul on Michael Keane, it's unforgivable. I mean Mike Michael Keane is getting the ball away before you can tackle him is bad enough. But then you compound it <laughs> by hitting Michael Keane late. Any centre-half hitting him late after you've cleared the ball away is annoying. But you're doing it on Michael Keane. My God, look, it's exactly what they wanted. How stupid can some people be, really? It's madness, I guess. It's not like he's clearing, it's not like he's clearing the ball. He's just kicking it back to Aston Villa. We've got the ball. What are you doing? Why are you giving them the ball back? Going down, officiating again. Well, I don't really notice it in open play because we were that bad. But just a yellow card for Watkins. Like, well, Ollie Watkins isn't trying to waste time. We're 1 0 down. It's the second half. He's just come onto the pitch. Sometimes I think people, never mind just referees, they're so stupid. Like, people are so stupid sometimes. Ah, uh, yeah. But like, even in play as well, he was so bitty tonight. It was like. And he was so inconsistent. You know, he was trying to play on, but he didn't know if it was a, if he could play on in circumstances. So he's just blowing the whistle up. Didn't know if somebody ran into somebody if he should be giving it a foul. Sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't. He was a mess. 
And then the only thing going up, and it's not even as fun anymore, but the the magician on Instagram asked us what's best, a Gerard Vinick, a Unai Emery Gillet, or a Ron Atkinson woolly jacket. And he asked us before tonight, in fairness, and then Emery comes rocking out in this fresh-looking tracksuit with a nice Gillet over the top of it. Looked really good, but now all I can see is that Everton destruction when I see that Gillet. Right, do you want to talk about the Everton destruction then instead of the fucking clothes that people were wearing? <laughs> Anything else to add to this game before we go on to the question box and try to forget about it forever? Uh, let's consign this to the, <laughs> to the room 101, Conan. Yeah, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what else is going down. You and I, Emery's cup record, it's going way, way down because, it, yeah... It's, it's unbelievable, don't want to take away from it at all, but that record of, of Villa having won the last 10 games at Villa Park in all competitions, and then Jesus comes to this and look at the state of it, and they're out, they're out again, they lost to Steven last year, they lost to Legia Warsaw, <laughs> has he actually won a cup match for Villa yet that doesn't include a playoff match, I don't think he has. And he lost to Man United last year as well, having just spanked him in his first game, and he just and then he completely changed the team. I think he might have brought on Leander and Donker again. <laughs> and this is a boy who is presiding over, I think it's over sixty percent win record in the Premier League, which is just a fucking joke. Like he's, he's doing unbelievably well. He's joined second in twenty twenty three alongside Liverpool and Arsenal, joint with him on points. Um, so. Do you believe me? I know you know Emery's in a good job, but <laughs> but he's not in a good job for the cup competitions. And I know it's hard to spread the squad thin over all these games, but I mean Stevenage, Everton, at home both of these matches, Legia Warsaw. Come on, like after a while you have to start getting a reaction from these boys. No matter how tired they are, no matter how much you're keeping an eye on the weekend. God, there's fucking there's seven games under the season. <laughs> You play your first team against these boys, they'll have them beaten 60 minutes. Play, take these teams seriously. Take tailor your training so that you're playing against Legia Warsaw at full tilt for 60 minutes. That's your big that's your big training session that week. Yeah. And get the get the job done and get them off the pitch. Get the five players who put in the most energy off the pitch. You can tailor these things. And if the boys at that ability should be able to just go out and hammer these boys and then not waste that much energy doing it. But the, I think... The, it's obvious, there's obviously not a problem with Unai Emery's system, but the way Unai Emery wants to play, where he's slowing the game down and then going, I think if you, if you don't get that right, if you're not in the right mental headspace to do that, you can drift so easily and then just start doing the wrong things over and over again and forget what the point of trying to suck teams in is and then end up spinning around the circle and kicking it out for a fucking corner. <laughs> Let's go to the TVP question box on instagram uh we're over on instagram the villa podcast show so give us a follow over there before these midweek games we'll do a question box that you can ask your questions and actually got loads again so always thankful for it but there's a couple that are really good that i might even hold for the weekend or next week or whatever so you know trust me if you send a good one i will remember matt asked (laughs) if you had to swap out a player in the current squad for ross barkley who would it be and why morgan sanson currently playing for Nice fucking about a thousand kilometres from Birmingham that's as close as I'd want to see Ross Barkley playing for Aston Villa ever again can you imagine Ross Barkley in these jerseys it'd be like a fucking ad for Triton 
Do you know what the amazing thing is? Did Ross Barkley not join Luton at the start of the season? Who cares? Who cares? Honestly, the only thing that we should be thankful for is he's not playing for Aston Villa because Castori would be up for fucking corporate manslaughter, gross negligence, <laughs> causing death by drowning. <laughs> I did, Liam. I found something really depressing from two years ago. I was making a new sting for the podcast and going through the archives. And I'm not even going to play it tonight now because I'm worried nobody will listen to this this podcast because who wants to listen to a podcast after your team's been hammered by Sean Dice's Everton in a League Cup third round match. Could have but, told um, me that before he dragged me on, did but go on. <laughs> but thanks, Mike, if you have made it this far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'll play the news thing at the weekend when more people will definitely listen. Um, but, oh my fucking God. Do you remember, do you remember I was on... I, I don't want to say I was on Jacob Ramsey's case, but I was pushing him. I was I was riding him hard. I, I, I expected more from him. I, I knew we could get more out of him, and it turns out I was right. Um, not that not that it was that he was nineteen or anything, um, but I I just found a podcast. I can't even remember who they were playing, and I went at it again. And I was giving out about Jacob Ramsey. He's been given his chances, and the game's passing him by. And and the the big point this time was. He's been given his chances and he's keeping boys like Ross Barkley and Morgan Sanson on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) This is is round about the same time you wanted wanted to replace him with Jason Knight in the Aston Villa team. Uh, So your your ideal midfield three for Aston Villa would have been Jason Knight, Morgan Sanson and Ross Barkley. (laughs) No wonder people aren't listening to this podcast and I can't. <laughs> well, I have. I am about to win this question box question though, because swap out a player in the current squad for Ross Barkley, easy. Robin Olsen, then <laughs> then Emmy Martinez has to play every time. <laughs> I'd probably rather have Ross Barkley in goals. <laughs> Jacob asked if you played a full season up top for Man City, how many goals do you think you'd score? Uh, <laughs> am I on penalties? <laughs> I think the obvious question is how much time are we giving Pep to reprogram me <laughs> you have to assume right you're getting 90 minutes in every game uh, like and I'm going to take out penalties because I don't even think I'd score most of them but I'm not backing myself like, I have a very soft like I don't have a lot of power in my kick so it's not like I'm just going to let me, one fly I play football with you. <laughs> I'm not going to let one fly when you've got a bit of space <laughs> when, when are you getting space in the Premier League <laughs> once I shake off Virgil and then just you know burst free on goal I think I could spank it what are you talking about you're not going to have any space <laughs> no I mean if I had a bit of space 25 yards out that's, that's not, not what are you playing the Premier League with your touch yeah. And I'm not going to take anybody on, but I'm still going to say I think I could get two goals, like assuming something would break to me along a a 50 game season. So something would break in the box that I, that I could be there for. The corner swung in. Ah, like you might you might knock one in from a corner. Yeah, like it might just it might drop you, and you might be able to. What do you say? Just kind of float one towards the net because you wouldn't be able to hit it very hard and hope that it goes past all the bodies. Did you billing him on it? I well, I want to know who was playing with me because I could I'd find myself getting very frustrated making all these fucking dart and runs towards the front post just to watch Jack Grealish fucking rolling the ball back to, <laughs> to Ruben Diaz. <laughs> I think that that's the level I'm pitching myself. I can't. I'm giving out to Jack Grealish on a regular basis, week in, week out, demanding that he feeds me. 
Yeah, that's good. That, that, that might that might fly in the changing room though. They might they might buy into it. They might respect me and play yeah. me the ball, ball more often. Yeah. The last question, and we'll leave it there because we we'll have to save ourselves for hopefully a better performance against Brighton. Chris <laughs> asked us for the all-time Villa five-a-side team. Um, I assume we probably have the first two players the same. By by all time, we mean all the time we've existed. Yeah. 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 All right. So yeah, Emmy Martinez and Paul McGrath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I assume I don't think you'll have two of my th- next three players, and maybe three. Um, do, who do you want to go first then, Colin? I'll go first. I've got Gareth Barry, Jack Grealish, and Musa Diaby. Okay. I would definitely have Jack Grealish. Yeah, no, you're no, you're thinking about Diaby. You know, you like it. You, you no, like I, so I was I was gonna go more aggressive than that. I was I was toying with Diaby, and then a centre forward. Ooh. But I might I might just go with I might go with Merson. Yeah, yeah. Merson is going back heels every 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 week or so. Yeah, and 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 I'm tempted to go with Benteke, but I am conscious of the fact that that I have Merson and Grealish giving absolutely no support to Paul McGrath. Although I don't really think he needed it. Imagine trying to go past Paul McGrath on a five-a-side pitch. <laughs> the, the problem with Grealish is that he'd be dicking around a bit. And, you know, like the problem, say, in my team, Gareth Barry will outscore Grealish. That, that is a problem for Grealish. <laughs> But it's it's still in there, obviously. Like Diaby can score goals from nothing, so we need that. Barry will will be doing everything. He'll be helping out McGrath. He'll be scoring goals. He'll be t- he'll be giving Greedy's the man over all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with the makeup. We've got a couple of wild cards. But... I I think maybe like you know Watkins has a propensity to hit the ball straight at the goalkeeper, so I know he can adapt to the four yards by four foot frame of the goals because that's not going to impact him very much. <laughs> Sometimes tends to go him as well. Benteke's not going to be mobile or nimble enough to play to play in a five a side team. Like he can't use his head. I think we're just wasting a lot of his talents. Ah, oh, Jesus, maybe Musa will get in there. Can he give you two? two How grim picks? have our Aston Villa years been that we're fucking picking Musa Diaby? He's played seven games for Aston Villa. <laughs> Scored two goals, I think, as well. Like I've got him in there because he's going to score goals from nothing every time we give him the ball. But, uh, <laughs> two outliers John McGinn is one of them I think he'd be fucking brilliant in a five-a-side team and he, he, he could drop in there for Barry if you wanted if you just... I, can see, I can see John McGinn getting punished a lot trying to hold up the ball with his arse and just somebody's turning him over and if you turn somebody over in a five-a-side pitch you're free on goal mm, but John McGinn's never going to lose a man either is the other thing he's not going to let somebody run past him Jack Grealish will the, mm. the other one is Wilfred Boomer <laughs> yeah. So if you if you wanted to be a bit more attacking, put him in for Paul McGrath. And just, uh, <laughs> have him stepping out and unleashing that left foot. Like he's exactly the, the sort of boy that that has that rule. You no goals from your own half because he would just be planting it in the bottom corner every time he got the ball. Sorry, you don't think Paul McGrath would be able to step out from a five side pitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Send us your five-a-side team as well. <laughs> <laughs> Very liberal use of the word us there. 
<laughs> send Conan your fucking I sighting. I can see them, so send them on uh, the Villa Podcast on Twitter, mostly, because then I can retweet them. Um, apart from that, let's just leave it there, shall we? Like We had a bit of crack. We we, we, we salvaged something from this car crash of a, of, of a night. <laughs> thanks for keeping us company thanks for always listening and uh, thanks for sharing and some of the really nice comments from the last podcast as well so appreciate that as always and we will chat to you at the weekend um so we're playing brighton on saturday there's not going to be a saturday podcast i should have fucking said this earlier in the podcast when people are listening there's not going to be a saturday podcast liam's fault this time no wedding but um take it up with him on the villa podcast twitter account he um He's going to be away, so we're going to. I'm saying this like you're not there. We're going to be doing it on <laughs> <laughs> late Sunday night, probably is going to be the podcast. So we'll endeavor to have it for you on your Monday morning commute. So just bear with us, please. And uh, uh, when Villa win as well, it's not delayed because Villa won. Okay, I know, I, I know, I know the crack now. I know the system. I know the format of, of abuse that we get. Um, Villa win. We are not delaying it because we've got nothing to say. We cannot wait to talk about it in Villawin. Anyway, thank you again, and we'll see you later. All the best. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.